0: Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you're tuned into episode 36 of Hashtag You Good Man. So in this episode, this is another one of those those people that uh, I really wanted to talk to, really have conversation with for a myriad of reasons. Um, outside of the fact that he is known as the, the eyebrow king, right? And so I've, I've been going around, I've been talking to people like, listen, you got to tune in, especially the women. Right, who who really are concerned about their eyebrows. One girl was like, She was like, He really the eyebrow kick? I, I showed him your uh your Instagram. Yeah. and she was like, Oh, I'm I'm definitely gonna tune in. She was like, Maybe he can help me get my eyebrows back. Good. <laughs> right. And so, you know, listen, with, with no further ado, I introduce Mr. Nick Townsend. So how you feeling, brother? I'm good,
1: can't complain. Just uh finished working in the salon. So
0: it's a good okay. day.
1: How about you? How's okay. your day?
0: Listen, my day is wonderful. I just came from the gym, which is the, the birthplace of where I met you. That's right. I, I, yeah. I really think this might be the first legit conversation that we've ever had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's usually like this.
0: Yeah. What's up? What's
1: up? What's up, bro? What's going on, bro? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the, but the beautiful thing about that is... Um, you know, I recognize that you are, you are doing your thing in there, right? You know, you don't want to interrupt people. You know, you don't want to throw people's concentration off or what have you when you're in the gym. So, but just the fact that two brothers could say what's up to one another, yes. that's something we, we rarely see, especially being from Philadelphia. I always tell the story of how I've gone to different states and I'm getting off the plane with the Grizzly and people are smiling at me and, and saying hello. And I'm like, I'm from Philadelphia. I don't say what's up. So the fact that we... Are able to even acknowledge one another, acknowledge one another's existence. It's such a beautiful thing, man. So Absolutely. I definitely want to, I definitely want to thank you for you know just being a, a, a what appears to be a good brother, a humble brother, um, and a confident brother. That's also something that's that struck me just in in observing you. Right, we observe people from afar. I'm sweating like nobody business in here. This always happens. <laughs> uh, maybe I need I need to turn the arrow on, maybe. But nah, that that bill gets you high. But um. Just the way you carry yourself, you carry yourself with the air of confidence and that, you know, you can feel that when you're around people who have such a positive energy. So I just want to, you know, show you that love and give you your roses while you're here, because I think that's important from brother to brother. I appreciate that. I appreciate no, that. No doubt. So first and foremost, can you let people know who you are and what it is that you do?
1: OK, Uh <laughs> um I am. Nick Townsend. I am affectionately known um, as the East Coast Brow King. I am a licensed esthetician. I have been a licensed esthetician for 16 years. I've been specializing in brows for 16 years and that is my niche. Um, I have a salon here in Philadelphia in the East Falls section and um, we do extremely well. I have clients that fly in from have had clients that fly in from israel i have clients that fly in from japan quarterly just to get their brows done people from um, new york baltimore i'm originally from baltimore let me let me put that disclaimer i'm originally from baltimore but i have been my career started in philadelphia on the main line um, which is the suburbs outskirts of philadelphia Um, i do have a salon again in east falls Um, we specialize in brow shaping. I'm usually booked four to six weeks in advance. So, um, yeah, and we have our own. Last year, we launched our product line, which is doing extremely well. I'm excited about that. We have over 39 salons that retail our products, Um, and we've only been uh, we just turned one, the actual um, product line, which are pencils and all of that stuff. So, I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur. It's in my blood. I'm (laughs) fourth generation entrepreneur so um uh what else i went to morgan state university i majored in music education um i don't know what else to say
0: yeah yeah that's always the difficult part man when somebody asks you okay so tell me about yourself you're like well um i'm a man and i'm I'm alive yeah yeah Yeah, you know it can, it can be difficult at times, but no, I, I think you pretty much summed it up. So, with regards to, I, I do want to touch on you being the eyebrow king, as yeah. well as get into one of the main reasons why I, why I wanted to reach out to you in particular. And I'll get to that. But just as far as how did you get into being uh, that that career path, as far as being a, a licensed, uh, how, how do I say esthetician? There you
1: go. There
0: you go. There you yeah, go. A licensed esthetician.
1: Um. Uh. I kind of paid attention to my mother. Um, She always gave herself a facial. So I kind of mimicked what my mom did. And my family is in the beauty industry. And so Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I was in my early 20s. And again, I was getting, I always got a haircut every Thursday religiously. And I gave myself a facial. And it wasn't until I went and got a facial and got the facial. And I'm looking like, this is what I do to myself. And so I asked the young lady what exactly what it was and she said it's an esthetician and so that's when I just ran with it when I started my career I was only focused on skin but thank you I um, I was only focused on skin and when I I moved to Philly I moved to Philly to become an esthetician
0: and okay. so I that moved that was to Philly to become moved here.
1: Okay. That's why I moved here because actually here's the thing i'm from baltimore there's a school in baltimore which is one of the world famous schools for aesthetics um i went to become an esthetician and they would not accept me because there are no male estheticians Uh, at the the time there we go and so Mm -hmm. with that being said they weren't because we got to learn brazilians waxings and all that stuff and so they were very shady they didn't say it directly but they said it informally that you know they really weren't interested so i had friends here and i decided i went to the school while visiting and i said listen i'm going to be here for three for three months get my license then go to baltimore go back to baltimore to work but um what they call reciprocity uh, would not um kick in because you needed more hours to work in maryland versus philadelphia so they said i needed to either go back to school or work a year and so a year here we go 16 years and so while i was in school i learned waxing and i was working at a salon here for you on south street shout out to Zena and here for you um <laughs> i went to her i said listen i want to learn how, I, I just learned how to do brows on friday can i start doing brows on saturday and she was like sure that saturday i never looked back and i wasn't even licensed yet
0: yeah yeah but yeah that's how that's dope. That's dope. Just to, to go back a little bit. Uh, and that was one of my questions, you know, when I, uh, when wait. I initially, okay. I'm here. Go ahead. You all right?
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, I am not going to go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm listening.
0: Okay. So going back, and that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask you because, you know, what I do know of, of estheticians, I do follow a couple on like Facebook or Facebook friends. They do happen to be women, mm-hmm. right? And so with it being a, a women dominated field for the most part how was that transition and and with regards to to baltimore um it seems like they were subscribing to the idea of gender roles right where you know where you were looked at as being a man so there's a lot of things that come with that right you were auto you probably were automatically thought of as as being um probably a cis-hetero male, yeah. probably might have been thought of being potentially a pervert, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because here you are, you know, wanting to work with women. Um, probably the same thing they said about male gy- gynecologists. Certainly, yeah. Way back when. So so, just how was that for you emotionally and mentally, dealing with, with that specific rejection, knowing that it wasn't based on your ability to to succeed in their program, but really just based on their your gender?
1: Uh, it 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 pissed me off, um, because I wanted to go to the school. It's the best school in the country. It is. It, it, at the time, it was the best school in the country, and I really wanted to go to the school. But one thing about Nicholas Townsend is that I'm a determined man, and so that is something that I wanted to do. And it did not matter. Excuse me. Um. What was. What they thought I should not do, um I was going to do it, and so mm-hmm. that 's when I moved to Philly and I went to school um, and even once I got into the- to the career in my career, there were still people that side eyed side eyed me you know I was doing Brazilians, and you know they it, it's just like it was to the point where to protect myself, I would have um one of I would actually have one of the other girls stand at the door because I'm doing a Brazilian you know a Brazilian I'm Mm -hmm. waxing the private area and I want her to be at the door simply because um, people are crazy and I didn't want people to someone to tell an untruth of what happened in the service and so but um, that was the beginning part of my career Um, it has changed drastically. Um, I will, we can get into that a little bit later, but it, ha- it, I, it has changed drastically. How was you doing Brazilians? How was doing Bra- Brazil I had a big career. Someone asked. I just want to. Yeah, ask yeah, yeah. No, had, no do your thing. I had a big, I worked in the city and I had a huge following. That was years ago when they gave you an hour to, to wax someone's private area. Now we're doing it seven and 10 minutes. But I had a huge following. I had a lot of women that came to me and a lot of women were, at first, when they were feeling comfortable getting Brazilians by me, I would always ask them this question, do you have a male or female OBGYN? And so they would they would say, "Well, I have a male OBGYN, then you wouldn't have an issue with me because I'm getting you prepared for your pap smear."
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. making
1: it pretty <laughs> so <laughs> so that you can put your legs up on stirrups and, you know, that's, that's a, but but it it's been And then and then the other thing is you get women that just that are female estheticians that just have an issue with you because in the beauty industry, if we have to be perfectly honest, women prefer men. You know, they prefer men to do their makeup. They prefer men to do their oh, hair. Wow. Yeah, they prefer men to do their hair, their makeup. Um, even if some are doing nails, um, um, they prefer men to dress them. All of that stuff. A lot of women prefer men. And others. Why do you think that is? Um, because... Um in my opinion, women will not a lot of women are intimidated by other women. So they won't they some of them will do them a disservice, whereas we as as men know what other men are looking for. Okay. If that, if that makes sense. It and, does. And so I will give my male. I will give my male. Pers- I will give my beauty perspective as a beauty professional, and a male perspective of what men are looking for, and so and also women feel more beautiful when when men are mm. working on them. Mm.
0: So, yeah. so it's a so it's a self esteem piece, uh, as 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 well as this idea of if this is what potentially I'm trying to attract, it makes sense for me to have.
1: Yeah. the person
0: who's who's doing it be somebody who's uh who's similar to the person i want to attract. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so how was what was your family's response? Your family and friends' response to you um desiring to go into the beauty industry?
1: Um my dad um didn't get it because um he just didn't get it. He owns a barbershop, so he does he didn't get it. Um my mom um she didn't she she kept calling calling me an electrician because you know my mother (laughs) yeah my mom my mom is the baby of 14 kids so she um she grew up in this and and in the south so very limited in the way that they thought because you only did one or two things you either worked for the government you worked at a hospital or you went to college and 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 that was it so becoming an esthetician in the beginning portion of my career My mom, I had struggles like anyone that starting out in their career where I was poor. I was, I was extremely poor. And she said to me, she said, you know, Nicholas, you know, people don't do that as a full-time job. They do that as a part-time gig. And I knew she was talking from a place of concern and, and wanting to protect her son. So I stopped speaking to her for six months, not because I was angry with her. Not because I was angry with her, but because I did not need to consider what she was saying. Simply because before she told me to stop, and I stopped doing it and started working for the school system, and I hated it. And so I no long, longer needed to consider what she was saying because she was talking from a limited place. Does yeah. that make sense? And it so, does. And so when, and she was hurt behind it, but I didn't care because I needed to do what Nicholas needed to do. and. Yeah. So after the six months, and I was diligent, Nick Townsend started to evolve. And it's just, okay. and in even, and that, in the, the height of my career started in 2007, 2008, from when, um, uh, that's the Philly for Philadelphia Magazine. And she still didn't get, save all your money, save all your money, save all your money, don't spend all your money, save, save all your money. Da, 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 da. So it, it was, that was the only issue that I had was, my mom, just not speaking to her, which was hard, but I, I, yeah. I, I did not need to consider um, what she, she had to say. And fast forward, she understands now. And she, she said, I'm glad that you did it
0: yeah so now now with her saying she was glad that you do it knowing what you know now and i'm sure you've evolved uh emotionally and mentally since then would you would you change anything would you go back and say you know what maybe i would interact with her but whatever advice or whatever she's telling me whatever energy she's giving me i'm just going to let that fall by the wayside
1: no i would have did i would have did the same exact way simply because um i think that everything happens the way that it happens just so that we could become and I didn't need because again my mother has two children I'm the baby my brother's 13 years older than me so I didn't need to and she and I are really really close I didn't need to consider anything that she had to say I didn't I I, I totally did not need to consider anything that she had to say because um, I don't believe in a plan a or a plan b I believe in one plan and this plan is going to work it has no choice to work so I had to put 100% in it without any distractions
0: yeah. And and I think, you know, and this may maybe the therapist in me. And so what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is it was like with her potentially being one of your one of the most influential people in your life. Yeah. Like you said, you did go into the school system because she said, listen, don't do this. And so it was just like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I need to separate myself for a, for a period of time so I can really and fully believe in myself. Because I'm sure during that period, there was some self-doubt. And okay. So if anything, if anything is coming in, that's not affirming what I'm feeling, then that could mean the difference of me talking to Nick Towns and the electrician and not Nick Townsend, the esthetician. Yeah. That's the, t- that's right. just the- yeah, At- yeah, you know what At- I mean. The- right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. No, no, it, it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. So it, again, and this, is a, this might be a self-serving agenda. One of the reasons why I, I definitely wanted to have you on, um, so I emailed you, right? I emailed you just to give the people a little backstory. Again, you know, somebody I see from afar. You know, I'm just interested in people, especially men at this stage. Hence the reason why this is a men's wellness podcast. And I think there's, um, especially as people who identify as heterosexual males, we don't or they don't really acknowledge other individuals who might identify different. Their experiences are not aren't. Um, as, aren't respected, and just in society as a whole. I think we're, we're making some strides, but in the black community especially, um, there's still this fear of anybody who doesn't identify with uh, what mainstream society says, which is, again, being a, a heterosis male. And so I emailed you, and you know my question was, I wanted to know how you identify, right? I, and I wanted to be respectful about it. Uh, because I, you know, I didn't want to make any assumptions, right, right? Right. Even though we're we're human, and you know, I can say now after you've confirmed it, like, okay, I get it. You know, that's you know, uh, Nick identifies as as being a gay black male, right? Which is which is dope. But I I, I wanted to have you on here because this is a, a a a a voice that's you know much maligned in our community, and I just wanted to to just learn more about. Not a, again, you can't speak for all gay black men, like I can't speak for all black men, but I would like to know a little bit about your experience as far as being a, a gay black male your the idea of identity figuring out what your identity is versus what masculinity is, like you said, your dad uh is a barber he owned a barber shop or what have you, so again, that's going down the quote unquote masculine uh checklist, but right. here we have you being an esthetician. Uh, so just what was that journey like for you as far as once you realized how you identify?
1: I think that um, the first thing that I like to say is that I identify first as being a man. Um, I think that when we um, segregate ourselves, because I think that's what we do is we, we, we put, the, gay men over here, straight men over here, dark men over here, light-skinned men over here. And and, and it goes on and on and on, and it's almost a battle. Um, but yeah. for me, um, I'm 39, so... Um,
0: I, I swore you was, like,
1: 26, 27.
0: Well, yeah, that's <laughs> just a little bit of the
1: skin. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, my... Um, what was difficult growing up was... Um, and especially in the black community, I was never a masculine boy. Mm. Um, I was never a masculine boy. Um, so that was something that, in my opinion, my parents always knew. Um, but at the same time, it is not something that they wanted to embrace because that I wasn't normal. Mm, okay. Um, and so... Um, that was infringed upon me not to like, for instance, I, and I can give this story when I was a little boy, I, I had a switch. I probably still do. I don't know. And I remember being, and um, I got in trouble. I got, in be- I got a beaten, I got spanked for switching. Or if I got spanked, if the other kids, b- other boys in the neighborhood would call me names. Um, and well, it's it, my, my family's from the South. So, you know, but, um, and I remember being being probably three or four year, four years old in pre K and she would say to my mom would say to the teacher, um, she would say, If he switches, let me know. And every day I gotta be until so one day for one week I did not get up. I would not get up. And it caused me to something to happen with my urinary tract that I had to have surgery. Yeah, wow. I was young. I still had wow. a scar. And so um, parents were I think what parents parents aren't so much afraid of their children in my experience of being gay but they're afraid of what they think other parents are going to say about them and i think that is the unfortunate part is that they think they're more concerned about what people are going to think about they make it about them and not about the child you know and i always say this you can't say say to a child um you can be whatever you want to be, because you really don't mean that. You can be whatever you want to be, contingent upon um, what makes me look good. And so that is just my. Um, and don't shake your head. It's okay, y'all. Don't shake your head. Um, it's it's okay. Um, but um, it, it it it's an unfortunate thing, but it happens in our community every every day. And I was fortunate enough to be a child that got to the point where like, I didn't care, you know, I'm going to be me regardless of independent. When notes. was that?
0: When, when did you, when do you recognize that you got to that point where it was just like, you know what, this is who I am. And I'm just going to, I'm going to embrace who I am.
1: I think it's been the whole time. Um, she, um, uh, I think it's been the entire time, um, growing up. You don't, we never had a conversation And say, "Hey, mom, I'm going to sit down." Hey, dad, I'm this. No, it was it was never a conversation. It's something that we knew, and so um, I just because see, here's the thing: It, it, it was always at one point in time. It was you know, I I raised you the best way I knew how, but you decided to be. And I always ask this question: What child wakes up in the morning? And decides to become something that the world does not recognize mm-hmm. or 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 your peers will find you being deficient. Does yeah. that make sense? You know, know it does. What child wakes up in the morning and say, I'm gonna be something that when I go into the barbershop, guys are gonna have an attitude and wanna fight me. You know, yeah. we call it bullying, we call it bullying now, but we called it teasing back then i'm going Hmm. to decide to become something that when i walk down the hallway they're going to tease me or they're going to bully me i don't understand that and so because i said to my mother and this was just recent my mom just turned 70 i'm jumping all over the place but i want to jump to this no 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 i want to talk this conversation that we had i said you were born in 1949 i said what if because we are christian I said, what if God came down in 1948, the day that you were conceived and gave you the option to look down at the world as it was and you decide what you will become? She said, what do you mean? I said, what you will become, um, whether you become a black woman or what what would you? I said, what would you be? I would be myself. I said, no, 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 no. I said, you're not you. But what would you decide to become? So that your life would be easier. You get to look at the world in nineteen forty-eight and you get to decide what you'll become what you can become so that your life could be easier. And the tears began to fall. Wow. I said, You would be a white man, wouldn't you? And she couldn't stop crying. She said, yeah. I said, Well, so what makes you think that, in my opinion, a child would make a decision to be something that their parents would say that they're displeased about. And so that is what I say to everyone, you know, but for me, it it was, I can't remember the epiphany of when I remember going to prom because I've always, always did what I wanted to do kind of, sort of, but in in respect. Yeah. Um, My mom said, you can't work. I was 14. I went and found a job. I wanted my own money I'm spoiled it was prom she said you're wearing the tux to the prom no I'm not and I paid for my own tux so well I mean my own outfit so it was just more I was always determined never disrespectful but I was always determined because I needed to be who I am because if I chose to be who you wanted me to be I wouldn't be who i am today and who Dang. i am today has made such an impact on people at Lawridge.
0: yeah yeah now listen man that was that was heavy <laughs> that was no seriously that was that was extremely heavy i mean I, first i want to say that i'm proud of you right Thank like you. I'm, I'm proud of you i you know again i want to show you love with regards to that and i and i do agree with you um as far as again what society has and i think a lot of parents mean well Right, yeah. they mean well because again, if if it was up to me, I have a uh, you know a ten year old daughter. Mm. If it was up to me, she would be a you know she would be a hetero she would be a fem a hetero cis fem, right? If it was right. up to me, and right. that's because I I want her. I can't change her complexion, right. right? I can't make her white. I want her to have the easiest life possible. Yeah, right? but I recognize. That that's not a reality, and I think for some parents, um, they it, they express their love and they show their love, and they're hurt, right? They're hurt. They look at it and they might view it as a as a character flaw from them. It's a parenting flaw when you say about you know how other parents might perceive them. It's just like, well, you didn't do a good enough job raising your kids, and that's one of the worst things that you can say to a parent, yeah. right? That you didn't do a, a good job raising your child um you know so I, in these situations I, I always express whether it's to clients or just the people in general to show grace right yeah. to have to have empathy but also that accountability piece that's needed right so the fact that you are you are able and and feel comfortable enough in your voice to say um this is who i am whether it's at an early age or still having this conversation now cuz this is a continuous conversation that takes place cuz i think you're still Regardless of how you've adapted, it's still a healing process that's taking place as you continue on, right? And so one of the, and again, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my, my professional opinion, right? I got you. Like one, of, one of the ways that you were coping during this time was to say, All right, I'm going to do this on my own. I have to exert my independence, right? Because if I don't, I don't know what might happen to me, right? I don't know, I don't know where I might be. So I, I have to show, I have to show that I'm not whatever perception they have about um, a gay black man. I'm I'm not going to be that, right? So if it's weak, I need to ex- exhibit strength, ultimate strength. I need to exhibit impeccable decision making. And so I guess my question to you was, was that process tiring at any point, where you just wanted to, to have that? Well, of course you wanted that acceptance, but the, during, in that process, were you tired at any point? Was it just like, listen, I just want let to my, let my hair down. I just want to be able to just be, right, without having to show people or, or potentially prove people wrong, if that, if that makes sense to you. No, that makes sense. Or prove yourself sense. right. That's, th- 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 now that's it.
1: Um, I think that you get exhausted trying to get people to get you and i um, i got i think i got in my in in the in my late twenties well my mid twenties because people really wouldn't bother me um I made a decision that I'm not going to try to keep trying to explain who I am and the courage that I have to live in my truth yeah not making a decision but Not making a decision to become something, but making a decision to have courage. And I think that um, the most phenomenal people, gay, straight, black, white, yellow, pink, whatever you are, are those that are courageous enough to say, this is who I am. And I'm going to live independently above the good and the negative opinions of you. Yeah. And because I now have and I think that comes from and I say this all the time is having an encounter with me. And that happens sometimes in the car, turning off the radio and having a conversation with me. And so when I'm having a conversation with me, I can say, oh, I'm funny. Or I can say, oh, you did that. Or, you know, having a conversation mm-hmm. because a lot of times we have conversations with ourselves and it's always negative. I'm not this. I'm not you that. 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 Oh, I'm oh, oh. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's all that. And we reside there. I choose, I, I noticed that because, you know, that's something that's always in the forefront of our mind, but what's was always in the recessive of our mind is I'm a good person. I'm this and that and the other, but I bring that to the front. And so yeah. what I do is I make a decision about how I feel about me. And so when people subscribe to me about their opinion of me, and I hope you're following me, everything that I'm saying, when they, subsc- when they subscribe their opinion of me, like, if someone, someone says to me, and I say this all the time, even to my students, oh, Nick, you're the best at brows. I'm polite enough to say thank you because I've been taught to be polite. But in the recessive part of my mind, I'm saying I know. It's so great <laughs> you to agree. Because, see, yeah. here's the thing. The reason why I say that is not to be arrogant. It's because I've had an encounter with me and my work. So I live independently above the good and the negative opinions of you. Does that make sense? It does so i think that that's people are too afraid to deal with themselves and that themselves and that is something that i had to do at 15, 16, 17 in my 20s in my 30s will be 40 next year i had to, i always have to do that cuz if i don't i'll be too busy oh i've i've been there um, living off of or off of people's opinion if that makes sense yeah. you know yeah. nick you're good. if they if they say i'm good then I must be good. If they say I'm amazing, then I must be amazing. Because, and let me go back to rejection. If I can be very, very, very candid, the rejection that I've had with career, if we want to say, it, all aspects of my life, all of the acceptance were from people that did not look like me. In my career, I know maybe, and I'm very candid about this, in my career, for, thir- for 13 of those years, my clientele did not look like me. They viewed me as a gift. They never questioned my pricing or anything like that. It wasn't until I got on this platform, to God be the glory for this platform, is when the people that look like me came on board. Mm-hmm. And I made a conscious decision in my mind way back because my feelings were hurt. My feelings were hurt. Um, in all aspects, feelings were hurt, but then I got over it because I, again, I stopped trying to explain and I, and I said to myself, I'm not going to explain myself. I'll wait for them. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it does. Um, oh, I want to start, take these comments down. Um, cause I'm going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right i'm I'm going through the exact same thing so I've been a full- time entrepreneur now um as a you know a mental a mental wellness advocate a wellness coach a speaker, and what have you and the in mm. the places that are that are booking me the people who are are giving me my flowers now are people that don't look like me yeah and so i was I was having a conversation a brother came up to me. And, you know, I was in I, I was in Uncle Bobby's and, you know, for those who are in Philadelphia, I run a men's group at Uncle Bobby's. The next one is on June 3rd. Feel free to come through. But um, he came up to me saying, what do you think of this, Phil? He said the idea of expertise versus ego. Mind you, this is like 8 a.m. And I'm like, alright I don't know if you're talking about brother. And what he said was. For some reason, people that look like us when we're not viewed as the expert first, right? We're viewed as it being ego. He said, we have to prove ourselves to people that look like us um, before they will give us the title of moniker, the the moniker of being an expert. So, in in your case, where you said these white folk, I mean, you ain't say white folk, but I said white folk. Well, let's be honest, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so these white folk from the rip, you like, yo, listen, I do brows. You do brows? Cool. Do my brows. What and it's just like they they automatically believe you until you disprove them with black folk and i think it has a lot to do with historical racism and 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 what have you but with us it's just like all right i got to see you do 35 40 people i need yeah. you to get yeah. i need you to be validated first and i've experienced that as well it's just yeah. like i have to show that you know what i've i've gone to these various schools in order for me to get the, even the smallest black group of contingency of black folk to say, all right, you know what? Yeah, we want you to come out. And so that idea of expert versus ego. And I think that goes, that goes to what you may be experiencing or have experienced previously with regards to, to women who are estheticians, that idea of competition, right? We, we view each other as being competition so much, especially as black men yeah. um, where, you know, the idea of collaborating or thinking of somebody as an expert, um, we can't even get to that point because we're so stuck in competition mode. We're stuck in this idea of scarcity, that it's not enough out here for all of us, right? So I refuse to say that you're an expert at browse or I'm an expert in mental health because you might be taking food out of my mouth. But in reality, it's like they said, it paid in full it's room for everybody to eat, Right. And so it's just like us coming out of this bubble to, to really recognize that, you know what, it's a lot happening out here. It's a lot out here for all of us and we can all win if, right. if we view it as such. And if we we view you, if I view you as a brother, if I view you as a sister, I'm going to want you to win, right? And I'm going to trust you as being an expert and not it being you bragging about yourself and being ego or talking about what your accomplishments were. So when you were talking about, you know, somebody saying, yeah, you're great and you're saying, well, yeah i know i'm great you know that internal validation has already taken place that's already taking place, yeah. already taking place. But, and people so, are, but people are
1: intimidated by that
0: yeah yeah and and this and i'm it's, honestly when i heard you talking about that i was talking you know i was hearing myself in that not the the piece where um, you know i'm internally validated because that's something i'm working through now that's the reason why i go to therapy on a on a weekly bi-weekly basis because for so long, this period of time, I didn't have a sense of identity. I didn't have a sense of who Phil was outside of um, what other people thought about me, right? And so now I'm still shocked when, you know, my girlfriend, she might be watching. She might be, she might say, you know, damn, you handsome. I heard so much negativity for so long mm-hmm. and not being handsome, right, where I look at you sideways like, "Where me? Yeah, right? and then it's just like, brother, is it the, but that's I. And what I always say is, that's not the thirty-five year old me. Thirty-five year old me knows I'm I'm the shit, right? But it's that thirteen year old me that was sitting in ninth grade who, who, when they did the uh, uh, who's the cutest in the class, and I would get at the bottom. That's who shows up in that moment when I hear that. And so that's just the work mm. that I'm doing, you know, as far as me. And I know a lot of a, a lot of other brothers who really have this desire especially once we get into our, our 30s to really recognize who we are outside of this this box of masculinity uh, i know for me that, especially when we talk about I- identity and and sexuality identity and this might be news to people who who, who don't know me and it's a lot of people who don't know me but this is something i've dealt with for a long time right recognize understanding who i was as far as sexuality wise okay. um because i've been in these circles with males and a bystander when now we're at a point where they know not to make gay jokes around me like my homies. Yeah, they don't recognize that I've had, you know, thoughts in my mind as to whether, you know, what my, sal- my sexual preference was, right? But especially as black men, we're not even allowed to go through that process. We, no. push, that, we push that to the side. So, you know, once I finally recognize who I am in my 30s and comfortable with who I am, I can say, you know, I'm I'm proud of where I am and how I identify. Right. But I recognize that time throughout my teens, throughout my 20s, where I I was unable to have this conversation with people. I was able to talk to my mom. I was able to talk to, you know, my close women friends about how I identify and what have you. But still the people that I hold close Um, That who were hetero cis men um, and just society in general. Right. And how and how I come across. Right. We we're completely different. I look like I I look intimidating. I look like, you know, they say I look like a big black hawk. Right. But they wouldn't know um, that, you know, I have these type that at one point I was having these type of thoughts. And so I, I just think it's it's critical that we empower, especially young boys, because I'm not the only one. It's a lot that, that look like me. It's a lot of brothers who, who you know, who might have mannerisms like you, right, yeah. where they still find difficulty in even being able to um, even just look at and, and be able to view and try and learn what their identity is uh, for fear of being shamed, hence the reason at one point we had this this epidemic of what well, I wouldn't even call it an epidemic, but people being in the closet, right? They might be in a heterosexual relationships, but then they're they're, you know, having relations with men all the side because they never really got that opportunity to live. So, you know, I just wanted to to bring that up because I think it's important, especially as black men. That's the reason again why I'm so thankful that you came on here. Because again, this this empowers me, right? This empowers the brothers that are watching. This empowers um, the sisters who are watching who who are going to come across um young men young black men young black and brown men who need that that permission right to say it's okay to try and understand who you are i
1: i, I, I agree i think that that is the unfortunate part that i had a cuz I had a cousin My, she's actually I had, I had a cousin whose son is, is gay and she said to me I feel like God is punishing me and I had to let her know it ain't about you so you're making it about you and I said to her if you step outside of you and focus on him and accepting all of who your son is uh, you don't have to accept um, his sexuality, but accept your son and every aspect of him. Because, see, again, like I told her, he didn't make that decision. That's just my opinion. No child does up, yeah. you know.
0: And so she chooses, chooses heartache and chooses pain. She, she, yeah, it, and I'm yeah. just
1: like, and I'm just like, you, 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 you can't do that. But I, the unfortunate thing is that we, as a community, will not allow men to experience. Um, being vulnerable. We, we won't allow them to experience, we won't allow them to talk about being vulnerable. We won't allow them to talk about anything outside of uh, anything that has anything to do with sexuality. Because yeah. we don't talk about sexuality. Because when we talk about sexuality, well, which you must be gay? We don't mm-hmm. talk about sexuality. That is, gay straight to sexuality sexual we don't even sit and have conversations on on uh, sex education in 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 our community which is unfortunate that's yeah. why the HIV uh, stats are, are even higher because we're not having these conversations it has yeah. nothing to do with down low men because the and, and I'm just putting this out there because I work um, with one of the communities um, the stats are rising in women you know because we're not having yeah. these conversations but again yeah. back to this no one is having a conversation and I, we're not allowing kids especially young boys to just live in their truth you, it starts at 3 and 4 a little boy plays with a Barbie doll take that Barbie doll down. yeah take that down um, yeah. or we do ju- the colors with we ju- boys wear girls we, boy, um, boys wear blue they don't wear pink you know these are the things that we do stop playing with them girls Yeah, go play with the boys. You know, these are the things that we and we won't allow children to be children because see, all of this stuff is taught. Exactly, children just want to be children. They want to be free, but we won't allow them to be free. We want to limit them, and we create this template for our kids to be what we want them to be i want you to go to college i want you to be this and i'm and when we don't when parents don't get that the unfortunate part is they infringe that upon their children and they let their children they're, they're, know that they're disappointed in them and every child wants their their parents to be proud of them they want to be accepted and, yeah because and, and i say this because i have in, uh, a lot i've, I've lost probably four clients, male clients, um, not through, um, because they were raised one, I would say one was an attorney. His father was an attorney. He was raised with a whole bunch of attorneys. And so he was trained, you have to be an attorney. He didn't want to become an attorney. And so when he did not pass the bar, his father said, you are a disappointment. That young man killed himself that night. Wow. I had to go to the funeral. Wow. And my, you understand what i'm saying so that's yeah. why what people people don't understand that you got to embrace some love on your kids that's yeah. especially your I, young men
0: yeah i i think it's the idea of you know when we talk about you know I, when i when i go speak i usually play this clip especially when i'm talking about masculinity there, there's this commercial on youtube you can google, google it it's about you know masculinity commercial and you know these men are saying all the things that they say what a man is supposed to be and then they're like yeah this this isn't me right and so what we're really talking about is just allowing uh you young black boys older black boys just men in general allowing them to be human right that's yeah. what it is at the end of the day we're allowing them to be union i know William Betts, he's a a fellow social worker. He asked the question of what do you say to the parent who says when you get grown and move out, you can do as you please with your sexuality. While you're living in my house, you will present as a boy. And the kid wants to wear girl clothes um, and do historically girl activities. And I think you nailed it where they have to, they have to step out of self, right? Mm -hmm. Because right now they're, they're living in self and they need to recognize you know, especially if they want to be if, if they want to have a healthy relationship with their child, number one. But when we talk about that, that means they don't they don't have a healthy relationship as a parent with themselves. Sorry. right. And, and so um, and, and with that, unfortunately, you know, if the kid's not out of, not unable to get out there to provide on his own, then what's going to happen is nine times of 10, he's not going to be there. Right. He's going to run away. He's going to go, and we know how, you know, I don't know how this kid identifies, right, whether he might be transgender or what have you, but there's a slew, slew of transgender teenagers who are homeless on the street because they've been kicked out of the house, and it's just completely, uh, it's completely unhealthy. It's Um, it's,
1: it's completely unhealthy, and the unfortunate part is they... They result into doing things that 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 they result in living a very dangerous lifestyle, many of them um, it, prostitution yeah. is one of the biggest um, it's because as long as you live in my lo- you, you can't be that way living in my house you can't, and i and to a certain point, I understand a parent's point of view to a certain point where they may think that their child isn't mature enough to make that decision um, however I think that that's when you have a conversation and, and if your child is expressing this is how I've always felt this is not yeah. a decision blah, blah 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 then we can move forward from there but when you just totally get and but then what happens is this is the unfortunate part is that when if something happens while they are out there well that's what happens when you you choose that life, so no that yeah. happened because you did further shaming me. yeah for for the shaming. and you chose not to embrace me because you were worried about what your friends was going to think at the local assembly
0: yeah yeah it's for i watched out my mom i saw my mom comment and my mom she was one again she was one of the first person when i was having identity questions woke up one day just having identity questions in my 20s i was able to have that conversation with her so that made it uh, a lot more easier for me, even though it was, you know, the most the difficult parts were still to come, but just even being able to have that, that conversation with it. It's a gentleman who, you know, uh, I'm friends with on, on social media platforms. His name is Eric Conry, and his son was in like Walmart or DJ somewhere in a in a princess dress, right? And he posted, you know, he's, he's really big on YouTube and what have you. And so you know, and the backlash that came with that. And what I always say, even with, you know, with Billy Porter and, you know, the, I got more insight by watching Pose as about to, you know, because I haven't really had much um, interaction as far as, you know, with transgender, you know, people who identify as transgender youth um, or adults. But, um, you know, even with Odell Beckham, you know, I post it, and he's wearing a dress and I'm like, we're talking about material. Right, we're talking about material. We're not even talking about people are making so many assumptions based off the same material that we make socks with. That we, and it's it's just mind boggling to me that people can't step out of to just even look at it and say, yeah, a, a dress that's material, right? And it, and what I'm I'm so happy for for the guy Eric that I was referencing and how he's parenting his son because it says first and foremost. You have free range to be who you, who you desire to be. Uh, we want you to be in a healthy, loving space first and foremost. Um, and that I support you, that I support you, that I got your back, right? And so that's the worst thing that you can do if, you know, especially as a parent, um, to not have your child's back. Even if we understand why and how we've been conditioned over time. Um, and that's a great point. I'd rather have a gay son than no son at all, right? Um, but just even if we, we show empathy and grace to how we've been conditioned over time, that's still no excuse. So I, I just finished the book today. It's called Heavy by Kaise Ke- Layman. And what he said was to his mother, he talked about the trauma growing up in Mississippi. And what he said to his mom said, you know, I did the best that I could, right? And we hear that so often from our parents. And he was like, yeah, you did the best that you could, but you didn't do the best that you could, <laughs> right? And so that's the, that's the reality of it. Yes, you did the best that you could, but if you were even open just one iota to a different thought process, if you were able to step out of self, step out of fear, right, step out of fear, then you would have shown that, you know what, yes, I can do better and I can be better instead of it being hindsight, right? Instead of being hindsight, we were talking about some years later where trauma has accumulated over time. You know, that's no consolation prize saying that, you know, I did the best that I could or even saying I could have done better because that doesn't do anything for the present, right? That may help with the healing process but there still are things
1: that, that need to me, take place that statement pisses me off I'm going to tell you why it pisses me off because when you say I could have done better or I did the best that I could there's always a, two words behind there that is a but and a however and that statement with those, those words afterwards will cause a child to feel deficient because I've had that I, I'm my mother and I are like this like we're best best friends and she said that to me before she said Nicholas I did the best that I could but you decide and I said to her I'm not going to say exactly what I said to her I said how would you feel if I said to you you did the best that you could as a mother but I but and then I said what I had to say, and tears came down to her, her face. Not to make, I don't like making my mother cry, but yeah. I want her to experience the same, experience what I experienced. And to this day, and that was like 10 years ago, she said, apologize. I said, lady, if you don't stop apologizing. You,
0: she, <laughs> you hear that, mom? Mom, yeah. you can stop apologizing. It's, yeah, it's, I, listen, it's love. You know, we're, love. We're, we're just human. We're, we're human. We're able to express ourselves. That's how we were raised to be. So that's the beauty of you need to find comfort in that you've raised, you know, to my mom, but even your mother, that she's raised yeah. a son who's able to be expressive, yeah. even if it's to her. Yeah, right?
1: and, and that's the thing that that um, I just, I just want you parents have to be very careful how they handle their children, the things that you say, because we we never forget it. Because your mom, you never ever forget it and so i, I like it, it i don't know it's crazy but it it it. i just hate that statement i despise yeah. it i hate it Yeah. because yeah. then it, it it does something to me because i
0: yeah, <laughs> let's, leave, yeah. let's
1: leave that statement alone that,
0: that facts facts man listen and i know people are asking for part two we we running up on the time okay. but um listen i i appreciate you coming on i appreciate you you're candid. Okay, I will try. Get out of here, mom. <laughs> you know, I appreciate your candidness. I appreciate you being vulnerable and transparent. Um, So I thank you, brother. I, I thank you. And now I think when we see each other at the gym now, we can have more of a conversation. And we might say, hey, what's up? We what's want going to on? We have more of a can...
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: but y'all, I'm not going to work out with him because he'd be like, I'm deadlifting like 500 pounds and all that stuff. So I ain't about that life, you going to be there, brother.
0: <laughs> appreciate it appreciate it well let the people know how they can get in contact with you i know it take like eight months for you to um you know for them to get into with you i one of my um you know my ex-girlfriend you know she wanted to go because her friend goes to you and okay. you know she was like she tried to go get get an appointment it was like at that point just a couple years ago she was like yo it's like it's like eight nine weeks apart. i was like oh god yeah, you gotta you don't go to franklin mills and get the little soul joint you know what i mean, <laughs> you, <laughs> mean? you might just sure, gotta sure. rough it out <laughs> You might gotta rough it out. So, well, let them know how they can get in contact with you.
1: Well, I'm here on Instagram. I am Nick Townsend Salon. Um, uh, I have a website. It's www.nicktownsend.com. You on this platform? I'm on Nick Townsend on uh, Facebook. My name is Nick. It's N I C C K Townsend T O W N S E N D. If you want to book an appointment, you can. Right on this platform, you can push the book button.
0: Um,
1: and if you want to purchase products, go to the link and you can purchase some of our products.
0: Yep. Okay, cool, cool. And everybody, because you got about 25 people on here. So I know like 20. Conversations about mental and emotional wellness, especially oh. for regarding our, our black boys and our black men is, is so important. I'm you know again i'm going through this i'm in this healing space and healing stage and it's it's only right that i that i share this information that i share this journey with with other people who could potentially benefit so feel free to follow me i'm selling merch I'm Please say the- it. this is what anxiety looks like it's 20 25% off up until tomorrow for mental health maybe mental health awareness month you could catch you could check the link tree out in my bio that'll take you to my website um, yeah, hit the subscribe button once this comes up uh, next week, and yeah, that's it, man. So Nick, again, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, fell.